it is a huge pleasure, uh, as it always is, to welcome in one of the most respected voices in rugby, not just in Australia, but uh, around the globe. Peter Fitzsimons is with us. Thanks for chatting to us, Peter. How are you doing? Oh, I'm blushing at that kind intro. Thank you very much. Nice to be with you. In the context of the many, many, many games of rugby you've played in and watched, how controversial a moment was that time-wasting call at the end of the Melbourne Test? It was just such a pity. You know, it was just like, you know, I, even when I was playing, you know, I never did much time whinging at the ref because I was always very aware the ref knew the rules and I didn't. You'll you recall in 1992, I think the Rugby Union announced 41 rule changes and I put in the Sydney Morning Herald at the time, that's strange, I only know five rules. You can't pass the ball forward, you can't hit anybody without the ball, the ball's got to go in straight and I can't remember the other two. So I'm not, you know, I'm not up steeped on what the rules are. I've no doubt that the referee was technically correct. It just didn't seem in the spirit of the game that after such a titanic titanic struggle uh, the result was decided by a minor French iceberg and I I say that with respect to the referee I'm obviously sincere, obviously within the rules but do you not agree with me that it was a pity that it be decided like that? I 100% agree with you. I thought it was totally arbitrary and having watched, you know, not as much rugby as you, Peter, but a lot, I have never seen that call made at any stage of any rugby game. You know, uh, you know, at, at the very least, not, not, in a, not in a pivotal moment like that. I thought it was, in fact, it's a great word. I thought it was a pity, a real shame. Yeah. The, the thing too, in fact, I spoke at the Auckland Rugby Union on uh, at Eden Park on Thursday evening, uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday evening, and Monsieur Renard was there, and I, I wanted to seek him out just to shake his hand to say no hard feelings. Couldn't find him, <laughs> but you know, I don't, it's no hard feelings. But but the thing that I would say is that Foley also was in the process of kicking the ball, so that you know, for the sake of one more second. Just one more second, the ball would have been launched and we would have had the excitement. And I also say this from the point of view of Australian rugby. We've had a grim 20 years, you know. Our Christmas tree doesn't have many more many baubles on it. Our rugby Christmas tree has got very few decorations and a lot of the branches are dying, you know. And that would have been, I'm mixing my metaphors, but, you know, that would have been a star on top to beat them all. Well, we've had a grim 20 years, but do you remember that time in Melbourne, where we came back from 31-13 down and we beat them. How about that? And it would have just, you know, put energy into into our into our whole rugby. On the other hand, I know I'm rattling on, but I'll tell you one thing. We got a ratings, combined ratings, excuse me, from, from that game in Sydney. The, the match itself was sold out, which was terrific. And we ended up getting about a million people watching. And that's something for Rugby Union that even though we've gone through grim times, when you get a million people watching, that is a big deal in our country. Mm. Absolutely, it's huge. I know you're short on time, Peter. Just a couple more. And I want to ask about the Wallabies and their fuel for tonight, their motivation for tonight. Not that they'll need any, of course, but will that disappointment help to fuel the fire for tonight? We hope so. But look, you know, you, you can't ignore the fact that the last time the Wallabies uh, won, Bob, Bob Hawke was our Prime Minister, and I expect Robert Maltzer, Robert Muldoon was your Prime Minister. It was that long ago, 1986, 
and it was, it, you know, so there's a history there at Eden Park. I must say it looked magnificent on Thursday evening, looking at it, unrecognisable from the place that I used to play at. But <laughs> it, uh, it, it will be very hard for the Wallabies to win. The thing, the one thing that does give me hope, obviously we had lots of sin bins, and, you know, in hindsight, when you look up close to the Darcy Swain tackle, he was very lucky to stay on the field. Uh, and I'm very sorry that, 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 you know, for the injury sustained by the All Blacks, uh, as is most of Australia. But it, but the thing that gives me something is from 31-13 down, when we had 15 players on the field, in the space of the next 23, 24 minutes, you know, they put on three tries. And in that period, they looked unstoppable. And the Wallabies, this generation of Wallabies, on a good day, they really have been a few times, well, a couple of times this year, they've put on 30-minute bursts where they're just, they look like the best team in the world for those 30 minutes. The challenge will be to see if they can turn that 30 minutes into 80 minutes and just and hopefully kick the ball out on, on time. <laughs> and, uh, and just to finish a year out from the Rugby World Cup, how would you describe your levels of optimism about the Wallabies at this time, Peter? I'm an optimistic man by nature, but <laughs> look, you know, they're, they're, again, they're, Dave Rennie's done a, done, a, done a fairly good job. I mean, he's interesting fellow, Dave Rennie. I've met him, met him a couple of times. He doesn't, you know, I've met a lot of Wallaby coaches over the years, and most of them have extremely sort of, you know, the successful ones, very forceful personalities. And Dave Rennie is a very nice bloke. He seems to me, and I'm, I'm saying this on one or two meetings, it's interesting. He's clearly got the respect of the Wallabies, and you know he's. But he doesn't. You, you probably know him better than I do. He doesn't come across as a table thumper, so he must have a spiritual hold on them or whatever. Do you think? Oh, no, absolutely. When he was coaching in, in New Zealand, he was exactly the same, Peter. He never thumped a table. He never seemed to raise his voice. But the teams he he was coaching seemed to really want to play for him. Mm. On another subject, on that. Uh, on the table on Thursday evening that I, where I was speaking at Auckland Park, Eden Park, um, I had the privilege of chatting to Sir Graham Henry and Wayne Smith. They're, they're lovely blokes, aren't they? I mean, I know I've known them both a bit over the years, but it was very interesting to see to see them. You know, two of the most highly respected coaches in in, in New Zealand, great friends with each other. And uh, Wayne Smith told a great story about how he, how he came to be coaching the Silver Ferns. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I mean, what a brilliant conversation that would have been to listen in on. Peter, I know you're stretched for time. Thank you so much for uh, giving Thank up you, some of yours for us this afternoon. I really appreciate it. That's Peter Fitzsimons joining us uh, out of Australia.